In our hearts, we felt the sentence of death, but this happened so we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. If nothing else comes out of these very strange times of the coronavirus pandemic, they are proof we cannot rely on ourselves. We cannot even rely on ourselves to buy toilet paper. <laughs> um, and Mothering Sundays is a reminder how from birth we cannot rely on ourselves. We need a mum, a dad, a carer, a parent. We need family, we need community. And Mothering Sunday itself is often a, a bittersweet time of joy and pain. It's a bittersweet time as a church that we're not able to meet together. But it's a bittersweet time for many um, families, isn't it, that mums can't meet children or grandchildren. And maybe your experience of your mum or of being a mum has brought you much joy. But also maybe your experience is one of deficit, one of disappointment. Maybe many are disappointed today because you may have hoped to meet up with your mum or a gran or a son or a daughter or grandchildren. It's not possible because of self-isolation. And I think there's an extra sadness often on a day like today of those who are missing mums who are absent or estranged or who are no longer with us. I had a especially poignant Mother's Day last year. I came to faith in Jesus when I was 11 um, at a church in Bolton, St Andrews over Holton. And when they heard I'd become the Bishop of Lancaster, they invited me back to preach. And because my diary fills up, it was some time away. And then one day I turned over my, a page in my diary and realised I was going back to my old, my home church um, on Mother's Day. And the date was ex exactly the anniversary of my mum's death, um, six years previously, the 31st of March last year. And the last time I'd been there was for my mum's funeral. But in a sort of beautiful God incidents, I, I believe in coincidences, but I often believe they're God incidences. Um, this time I was surrounded by mothers, women who'd encouraged me as a teenager. And as the service finished, the organist, um, again completely by chance, supposedly, um, played my mum's favourite Puccini aria. And it was a lovely underlining of um, the presence of God with me. Because at age 70, she was diagnosed with cancer, and she was given five years at that point. But then suddenly, just a few months later, by Christmas, she was in a hospice in Manchester. And one day I went to visit her, and um, she surprised me because she said, um, you've got to come along the corridor with me to the chapel. And I thought, that's a very strange thing for my mum to say, because um, she thought I'd been brainwashed by the Church of England, and <laughs> it wasn't into anything to do with church. Like I went to a local primary school and I saw pictures of Jesus on the wall and started reading the Bible. And when I was 11, I realised he was actually real and alive. But she thought I'd been brainwashed and it continued through most of my adult life. But anyway, we went along the corridor to the chapel and she said, I was here last night and I was asking God to make my back better because she had a bad back with the cancer. And she said this, she said, it was like Jesus was here. And he was telling me it's going to be okay. And she said, that's what you've been telling me all these years, isn't it? And um, I was so moved by that. I mean, we're, we were from a family of warriors. If we could worry about something, we were, we'd worry about it. But um, all I can say is that she approached her death four months later on Easter Day with an incredible 
sense of peace. Because we want somebody to tell us that it's going to be okay. I don't know if you saw the, the YouTube clips of the Italians in self-isolation singing from the balconies, these amazing <laughs> operettas. And one of them that seemed to go viral was one singing, everything will be okay. Because that's a, that's a longing of our heart to know through all this, isn't it? That everything will be okay. But there is only one who can tell us this for sure. And that is Jesus, because he's the only one who's been through death um, and come back to tell us. And I, and I believe he's still with us. Today he's here with us now. And he can bring his peace. Because he's the Prince of Peace. And maybe if what I'm saying seems strange to you, Here's my test for you, really, is actually, if you experience the incredible sense of peace, if you experience the warming in your heart, um, there may be something, if you experience those coincidences, maybe you're being followed by the Prince of Peace. And peace is not something that's um, an absence of something, like an absence of anxiety or, or, or fear, but the presence of someone. Peace is a real thing. In the Old Testament it's called shalom, wholeness, healing. Um, and I like to think of it as the breaking in of the atmosphere of heaven. Let me tell you a quick story from where I was um, uh, in parish in, in Liverpool Diocese, in a, a town called Widnes, an industrial town in Liverpool Diocese. And um, we live right in the middle of the town, and um, which is downside because there had lots of nightclubs surrounding the church. The plus side was that um, we had a good curry house on the corner, minutes from my vicarage. And uh, it's February, it's cold and dark, and one night I was going to get a curry. It's our, our evening off, and um, I bumped into these girls on the street. It was about 7 o'clock at night, and it was cold. And I said to them, oh, what, are you, what are you doing in the street? And they said, oh, well, close out of school, and we know we're just hanging around, waiting for our mum to come back from bingo. And so I said, well, can I pray that Chloe will get back into school? And um, it's okay. So I, I just did a simple prayer, um, and I called them down the peace of Jesus. And when I um, opened my eyes, they were like makeups. There was something in the atmosphere they'd noticed. And they said, like, where, where do you live? You know, what are you doing? So well, I, li I, I live in my vicarage, and we have church, and we have this sort of all-age service at four o'clock on a Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Four o'clock on a Sunday. That'd be quite good, wouldn't it? <laughs> four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, which top tip is a quite a, new, a growth time across churches in the nation. I was recently. And um, they came in, I was doing the children's work that day, and um, I had these children on um, different sized chairs, as you can imagine. It's always, in urban churches, it's always a bit Heath Robinson. And we were looking at the story of um, when Jesus asked the blind man, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And we were drawing pictures of what we wanted Jesus to do for us. And these three teenage girls came in, sat down, and um, I, I explained slightly embarrassed, thinking, oh no, this isn't aimed at them. And uh, sat down, they said, um, huh. This is so boring. I want Jesus to give me £1.20. <laughs> and then they all drew the same. Like, I thought, oh no, I've lost my chance. They're never going to come back. The girls are walking along the street that evening. A tramp crossed the road. He shoved some money in their hand. It was £3.60. They started coming to church. Chloe got back into school. She brought a boyfriend. A boyfriend came in said, oh, it's so boring, why would you bother coming? And Chloe, who's really gobby, said, well, she prays and things happen. So, I want to encourage you 
at um, St. John's LL, because I don't actually think it's a coincidence I'm here on this particular day with this particular reading. As did you notice how, it's, how it started? In our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this was um, so that... Let me just quote it. I'm quoting it from memory rather than accurately. Let me get this. In our hearts, we felt the sentence of death, but this happened so we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And Golgate was a place outside Lancaster where often people um, were hung, weren't they? This is a place where the sentence of death was enacted. And I think it's not a coincidence that I'm here on this day, because we want to come, through history, Christian history, um, what um, a, a, a sort of discipline when things are difficult is to come in the opposite spirit. So if you're afraid to come in joy, if you're ashamed to come in hope, and if there's a place where there's a sentence of death, to invite Jesus to bring his incredible resurrection life. Because what we see here this morning is not the reality, is it? I'm speaking into a nearly empty church. As I came into the door, you've got a lovely little blue plaque that says, when you come here, you're not coming here alone. You are surrounded by the hosts of heaven. I believe there are angels, there are the, the saints before us who are cheering us on in our nation at this time. We could look down we could look inward, or we could look up, and we could look out to heaven. We could invite, we could give in to the fears from the pit of hell. Or we could invite the hope of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven, peace into our lives in Galgate, in our, into Lancaster, into our nation. A few... Um, it was only a month ago, it seems like forever ago actually, but about a month ago, less than a month ago actually, we performed um, Mark's Gospel as a drama. You may have heard about this at Blackburn Cathedral. Some members of the senior team in Bookshaw Village Church. And um, there was quite a moving moment that's resonated with me um, a lot since, where Jesus, um, a, 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 a leper comes in and says, Jesus, Jesus, can you heal me? And I was a member of the cast, and you had to say, had to say no, 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 Jesus, don't touch him, don't touch him, you know, you'll get leprosy. And of course, Jesus goes and touches him and heals him. And the, the comment that we had to, one person had to give as the cast was, Jesus is more infectious than a disease. Jesus is more infectious than a disease. And what a particular day and time for me to be here in a place that's had the sentence of death, on a day where we're feeling the sentence of death, not just as a, as, a, as a town, not just as a city, not just as a country, but as a globe, we're feeling the sentence of death. Is it a coincidence that we're coming together on a day when the one who has beaten death is with us and he can break the power of death, the power of hell in our lives? And so as we light our candles at seven o'clock, um, this evening, I would encourage you to do that as a sign, as a prayer. Um, we're asking God to do a miracle again for our nation, in the place of death and fear, to bring light and healing and life, that Jesus might be more infectious than the darkness, than the disease, 
because he has found the ultimate cure. Jesus has been raised from the dead. Make no mistake. And we can meet him today. And whether you're with us listening on live stream or whether you come to this later in the day or in the weeks to come, may you hear the voice of Jesus telling you it's going to be okay. Because if we trust in him, if we read the end of the Bible, what does heaven look like? A beautiful picture where it says there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or tears because the old order of things has passed away. God will dwell with his people and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. That is the heaven. That is the peace we are calling to earth calling to Lancaster, calling to Galgate on this day. Amen. Now we're going to sit all